And we welcome you into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shoptoff, C70. It's about at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, is Tara Wellman from Birds on the Black and at Tara Wellman. But joining us tonight, special guest, at least for a while, special guest, Steve Nichols. Um, and if you don't know Steve, you will, because, um, well, I don't know how, how you want to phrase this, Steve. How do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Well, I think, uh, not to cut him off, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. Get used to that, Steve. <laughs> um, let, let me just be clear. This is the famous, infamous Siri Steve. So Siri Steve, yeah. Yes, yes, that's true. That's, that's right on the on his resume now, I yeah, think. That's, um, I think that's his like legal name now. Yeah. It could be, if you want it to be. <laughs> So, so now, now, Siri, Steve, why don't you introduce yourself to the the handful of people that are listening to us tonight? Oh man, way to put all the pressure on me right now. <laughs> well, um, I don't know. I, I'm guessing. At, I think at this point, everybody knows uh, what what colors I uh, <laughs> I support. So I, I, I maybe get that out of the way. A little bit of enemy territory. <laughs> I mean, here. Yeah, there's a reason yeah. we're not asking you about your baseball opinions here. Yeah, because we know how wrong they are. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a little little nervous being in enemy territory, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> well, for anyone who is living under a giant rock and hasn't listened to the show at all, we're getting married yes. in like five weeks. So yeah. that's the big, the big uh, connection there. But. Um, you know, still working out the whole whole friendly rivalry thing uh, with that coming up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, y'all had a little bit last year uh, of the the Cardinals Cubs, but it was twenty twenty, and I don't we don't count much of anything except for y'all's getting together from from twenty twenty. Um, are you looking forward to that? You know, you know, eighteen games or whatever it will be this year uh, when the Cardinals and Cubs get together. Well, yeah. I mean, well, you know, it was it was interesting last year because what did they play? Twenty games total, and I think the Cubs and yeah. Cardinals split ten and ten. So, something like that, yeah. so actually, no one, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, no one really didn't have bragging rights, which was <laughs> maybe a good thing for the first, you know, uh, you well, know, first uh, uh, baseball season together. And the first you know? series they were supposed to play, right, was a series that got postponed because of covid so he was literally yeah. driving here for the game yeah and it got canceled so I, I, I came our, our our uh strategy there to be together the first time they played last season um didn't work out well fortunately that wasn't like a, a weird omen <laughs> yeah well i i remember i i was driving and i was like you know it's still exciting to to watch i mean I, I love the fact that she loves baseball and, and, you know, how much she knows. And so, you know, I'm like, this is going to be fun though. I'm like, I, I, you know, could care less if she's a Cardinals fan, if she was a White Sox fan, maybe <laughs> might view this a little bit differently, but uh, I'm kidding. But uh, when I, I remember I got there and I was actually disappointed because I, I came up the stairs, Louie was greeting me and she was just like, Oh, they canceled the game. And I was like, Oh, I'm like, well, what are we going to do now? You <laughs> we know? both had our team gear yeah. on. We were all excited. And like 
he came to the door and I looked at my phone when the notification said that the game was canceled. So that didn't start things off right, but it was actually, it was fun last year because mm. it kind of went back and forth in that series. And we both had some fun moments where it was a cool win for our team, but yeah, nobody, nobody had the upper hand in season one. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, it, the other thing was, I think we had so much angst, um, on the ruling uh, on the new rules of, yeah. you know, having a DH in the national league, you know, the runner at second in extra innings. And, you know, we, we found common ground with that. So <laughs> we were able to, to ease into all of that, but. Plus you know. we were still trying to impress each other. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, five years from now, if there's a heated divisional race, they all bets are off, you know? Um. Right, well, yeah, that's the thing, you know, it, it, you know, granted, I mean, you know, COVID, totally just took that season and, and made it what it was. But, uh, you know, for instance, if we had met maybe in 2015, uh, I don't know how, <laughs> you know, or, you know, uh, or maybe, you know, when you guys were winning titles uh, left and right from 2007 to, you know, was it 07 and 11? And then you six were and 11. 06 and then you were in it in 13, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I, we still hadn't won it yet. So, you know, all I had to hear was 189,000 years all the time. So I'm glad I maybe didn't, you know, catch her then because I would have never heard the end of it. My dad, uh, for the record, when the first time he met my parents, uh, my dad walked around the corner in his Cardinals gear and just went 11 rings. <laughs> that was it. I was like, really? That's how you're going to start this? Well, yeah. He said something like, oh, hi, I'm Dave. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals have 11 championships yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he stuck around. So he kind of likes me, I guess. Well, I, I, to be fair, I did get your dad back with the whole Michael Jordan push off thing That's because the whole Utah angle and so if you think the cubs cardinals rivalry is problematic just imagine nine-year-old me more invested in the utah jazz than i'd ever been in any sporting event ever um now in now engaged to a diehard chicago bulls fan that is almost more painful to me <laughs> Because of the damaged <laughs> psyche of that that time in my life, uh, when the Jazz lost not one but two championships and to dead. Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls, um, you know that 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 one still sings yeah. a little bit. I I kind of <laughs> feel a little little bit more bitterness with that because i remember your dad was like oh michael jordan pushed off on that final shot <laughs> and i'm like the guy was poisoned last year you which know? now everyone knows from watching the last dance documentary so yeah. needless to say there's no shortage of sports rivalry right in uh in our lives but um you know it's also just on on you know a, a more serious side of that it's it is a lot of fun and i think mm -hmm. it's fun because we're both pretty reasonable humans and uh as much as we can enjoy the back and forth and teasing each other and the rivalry yeah. and you know we're both really invested in the the kind of history of our teams and knowing the sport and we both worked in sports for a long time so yep. there's a lot of common ground there that isn't necessarily which team you root for but it just it's fun to have that um kind of similarity and yeah 
it's yeah, been, it's been fun. I mean, we already I don't know we but the the cardinal podcast to spear. I don't know if that's a I know it's not it a word. Now. I don't think so. I do think it was just a random bunch of sounds that came out of mouth. But anyway, um, already has a couple of Cubs Cardinals podcasts. But I think you know, especially like if the Cardinals are playing on a weekend, there's. I need to get out of the way and let y'all have it that weekend just uh, <laughs> to see how that is. I think that would be fun. Uh, I know to... I know Periscope doesn't exist anymore, but we should do like a live watch a game live with us. It's true. <laughs> that would be fun. You know, big Zoom meeting or something. Yeah, so, yeah there we go. Uh, that would be that would be intriguing. So um, I, I will say I was a little a little nervous about how we would handle the first I guess whoever won, mm -hmm. you know, mm. because it's like, I, I don't want to go overboard, but <laughs> I don't want to be like, yeah, my team won. That's great. Yeah. You know? So it was, it was one of those things where how should I react? How sh should I just, you know, rub it in? Should it be like, <laughs> Oh, we won, you know? And I, but I think we both kind of just, you know, I, I we could, figure it out that you know it wasn't it wasn't worth you know i mean I, I, at a certain point i think you know you might have had a i think when the maybe one in extra innings or something you might have i mean i definitely celebrated yeah a little bit a little bit but not like directed at you no <laughs> i think well, we got into the whole mike schilt uh, comparison thing. Oh man, you and, guys, and, you know, those of you listening oh. to the show know Kyle Reese and mm -hmm. the whole Mike Schilt looks like <laughs> fill the in the blank. Yeah. He, this guy was all over it. And we, we had some pretty hilarious <laughs> but, conversations trying to decide what Mike, what job Mike Schilt looks like he should actually have. Well, I always said that the best one I came up with was that I said, Mike Schilt looks like a guy that tucks his t-shirt into his underwear. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh man, so so many guys. So, needless to say, I've I've indoctrinated him a little bit <laughs> with the uh, with the the sort of insider jokes, um, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, you, you talked about you know the winning, and it's it's one thing in a series or in the middle of May, June, whatever you know, to get the upper hand. How is it going to be, do you think, or have you going to be able to handle this? I'm sure you will, but how if in a year or two or this year, the Cardinals make a deep run and they're trying to win the World Series or the Cubs are winning, you know, making this deep run, you know, when your team's out of it and the other team might be on the brink of a championship, you know, how, how do you tie between supporting the other and, oh my goodness. <laughs> I think I said, because we've talked about this. Yeah, we have. <laughs> and I think yeah. I said, I wouldn't actively root against them on your behalf. <laughs> I don't know if I could could convince myself to be like, I really hope the Cubs win the World Series. But I wouldn't root against them in that scenario. Yeah, I, and I, I, would, <laughs> I would agree with that because I... I know how much it means to you yeah. and I would hope that you would, you know, see it the same way. Yeah. And I would, I would want the same thing if, you know, if my team was in it and, you know, I don't, you know, I mean, that's, that's such a, it, 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 but it's so hard because, you know, you know that that's your arch nemesis, <laughs> that's your arch rival, you know, yeah. and, 
and um well yeah. i would say people a lot of people who listen to this regularly are going to be mad at me for saying this but when the cubs did win the world series don't get me wrong the whole time i was like oh i hate all of this but there are enough people in my life who are really big cubs fans that i was able to be like okay I'm happy you're having this moment. I'm not really happy about the moment, but I'm happy for you. <laughs> so I know from that experience that, um, you know, baseball is a lot of fun and the rivalries are great and we all feel really strongly about them, but the people are way more important. And yeah. so, yeah, in that scenario, because we have talked about it. <laughs> yeah. There would be part of me, and I think for you as well, that would be like, I can't believe this is well, happening. But simultaneously being like, okay, but I'm happy for you. <laughs> you'd, you'd buy the other person the championship gear, but you're not wearing it yourself. Right. No. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, I always kid around. I was like, you know, she, she steals all my sweatshirts. And <laughs> I go, I go, you know, one day I'm like, I'm just going to have that Cubs sweatshirt sitting there and it's going to be the only one you could take and it's going to be really cold and i'm like what are you going to do when you have to use it and i think i heard her say she would turn it inside out mm. if i had to yeah it's either that or frostbite yeah because <laughs> yeah. i mean if she didn't then you'd take a picture of it and, and right. oh yeah this would never be the same <laughs> no i do know this is that our hatred for the brewers has skyrocketed yeah <laughs> that's so. that's fair we do have mutual uh, mutual enemies, so that works out. This is true, um, and I, I guess long Brewer or not, love yeah. that guy forever. That's I can't hate him now because he's on the Brewers, so I will. I know you know support him all the way through <laughs> now that he's a Brewer, but I still hate the Brewers. So uh, this is how the... these conversations usually go. Yeah, you want the Brewers to get four hits all by Colton Wong, right? Exactly. Um, he can be the MVP on a team that never wins, right? Well, it's difficult when he doesn't score any runs, but, you know. True. That's true, I suppose. You know, if they just don't drive him in. <laughs> um, that's what we're hoping for. Um, you know, speaking of, there is baseball, if we want to talk about it. I know Tara's still having trouble actually watching the games, but... Um, I could watch Indiana games not that they have baseball but i could i can watch some serious indiana pacers basketball if if that's what i'm into uh yeah valley sports and metronet need to figure it out that'd be great yeah and it's and i will say it's not necessarily completely um limited to your area i was talking to some people around here that are having trouble figuring out when the cardinals will be on they could see some games they wouldn't see other <laughs> games and it sounds like it's a NHL, NBA running late, so they're getting priority. I don't know. I have direct TV. I don't have to worry about it, thankfully. So, um, but yeah, that's it's a mess. But you have missed, you know, good pitching for once, um, which you know is a, is a nice thing to go about. You know, the Cardinals have put together. Well, they would have had six straight quality starts, but uh, they took out uh, KK with an out to go in the sixth. Um, that's the key, right, Tara? I mean, they have to pitch as much as we talk about this offense. If they're not getting the pitching, they're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, well, it's the flip side of the coin in some respects because 
if the offense is going to be like this, right, where they score 14 runs one game mm-hmm. and then can't buy a hit, well, the the pressure is always and consistently on the starting pitching to eliminate the opportunity to give up runs knowing that their odds of getting any in support are, are have not been great. So the it, it almost always comes down to pitching, it seems like, in, in some way. Um, but, you know, we've seen the last handful of years where even with great pitching, you still have to be able to score some runs consistently as well. So it, this feels a little bit like riding the ship and going, okay, this is, this is how the Cardinals are supposed to look. They're supposed to put together good pitching performances. And then we're supposed to go, how can they still not score runs? <laughs> it's kind of, it feels a little bit more back to the norm at this point. Um, after having consecutive good pitching performances, it does then make you really frustrated when the offense kind of wastes those strong pitching performances as they did with an Adam Wainwright start for one and doesn't, you know, allow for any cushion, any margin for error with with those pitching performances, especially when, you know, you get six innings, you get seven innings, whatever it is from your starter, and then hand it over to a bullpen that has been good, but isn't without its own flaws. And then there's just no room. There's no room for anyone to do anything that isn't perfect. And we've seen a couple times that the, as, as good as that bullpen can be, they're not perfect. And, you know, there's, I'm sure a lot to talk about there, a lot more to talk about if I was actually seeing <laughs> what was happening rather than just reading a box score or a, a headline or an article the next day. But um, it's definitely helpful, <laughs> which sounds like the most obvious statement ever to have the kind of strong starting pitching that we really were hoping for. And I want to say expecting, but we also had some questions about it. So I don't know that expecting is really a fair statement, but this is the kind of pitching we were hoping these five could put together. Yeah. Um, And Steve, the Cubs have kind of run into a little bit of the same problem, right? At least the fact that they can't hit, or at least they, you know, that was the story early on. They were, you know, kind of historically bad at, at hitting. I guess they've come around a little bit, but they're they've having been, some of the same issues, right? Uh, they've been bad at hitting. I, I don't know how they won the division last year. Uh, they've been, they, they've just been having hitting problems. I, I, I want to say since uh, I, I was telling Tara, I thought uh, since September of uh, 2018, I, I really feel like, uh, and this is just, I mean, without much research into the analytics and, and whatnot, I really thought that when they brought in Chili Davis, I think it just, it threw that whole uh, hitting approach off for all of them. Mm-hmm. Cause he was, he was teaching them contact because they were depending on so much power and one swing to do everything. And, and, and that's what, you know, she's, she's watched me analyze at bats for the Cubs. And she's like, well, where, where do you think they're going to go with Contreras I'm like, well, they're going to start them inside and then they're going to work their way out because they're going to swing at everything low and away that they can't reach. And, and, and when you watch it so many times, you know, you don't want to be a lump on the log and be like, yeah, you know, my team stinks. We're not hitting. But you just know after watching them so much like you guys do with the Cardinals that, you know, it's like I, it, Baez is going to swing at some of the worst pitches you ever see. <laughs> and then you're like, well, how do you justify paying him that much? Well, I'm like, watch him every day and you'll see what he swings at. And, and so when I see 
the lack of hitting like on a day like today or you know they they scored like a billion runs in the last couple of games and then they just hit a wall you know it's like well you know i'm not i'm not surprised you know chris bryant was is the only guy that's really hitting right now and you know i i just I feel like whatever they're teaching the Cubs hitters to do or whatever the Cubs are, you know, these guys are, I don't know if they're just trying too hard and they just are not having fun or whatever it is. I don't know, but they just, they, they don't know how to lay off a lot of pitches outside and it just, it, it, it kills them in the end, you know? Sound familiar to anyone who watches (laughs) Cardinals games at all? Maybe a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, maybe maybe switch out Chili Davis for Jeff Albert, and you're uh-huh, getting yeah. some of uh, the same. The the good or bad news, I don't know how you want to look at it. Is apparently the Cardinals are not the only ones having this issue. So, yeah, and it's it's really, you know, right before the show, I was looking at a few things in regards to that, and you know, we we complained a lot about the Cardinal offense this year, but they're you know, I think they're like, you know, between fifteen and twenty in OPS in Major League Baseball. Cubs are right there with them. Um, you know, a lot of other teams, it's, you know, you would think that, oh, for sh- you know, it's like, you know, the Cardinals of last year or the year before where they were, you know, 26th or 27th or 28th. It feels like everybody, they're not necessarily having great much success, more success. It's just that everybody's kind of in that blah range, right? If you're not the Dodgers, if you're not the Padres, it's just kind of, yeah. you're going to have some of those days where they, score a whole lot and then you're going to have a lot of days where they don't and trying to figure out which is which is is kind of a you know fool's errand if you will yeah. Uh, um yeah we were we were talking about that the other day in terms of a little bit chicken or the egg kind of scenario where it's like okay are are hitters in this era of baseball so much worse at kind of hitting for average that high contact, you know, high average kind of guy because they're selling out for home runs or mm-hmm. are pitchers just so much better now that it's even harder to make any kind of contact at all. So your better bet is to go for the the kind of high reward type approach because it's hard to make any kind of good contact because the pitching is so good. And it, it is different. We were talking, we've talked about this before that, you know, you compare some of the best hitters in the past. If you put them up against the best pitchers of today, what would their success look like? What, what kind of hitter would they be under the same circumstances? And of course it's impossible to, to tell. It's, it's like trying to compare, you know, hall of famers from now yeah. to uh, 50 years ago, right? You, you can't, but it's an interesting thought experiment nonetheless in trying to figure out, okay, what is, why is this so hard for so many teams and why are the best players in the world at this game still so inconsistent with it? Um, I think I've mentioned to you before, I had a minor, minor leaguer tell me one time, he was, he was like, you know, the only difference between us and them, them being major leaguers uh, is their consistency is that they can repeat it. Mm-hmm. We have to learn how to be consistent. And it feels like we're kind of trending in the opposite direction where even the best of the best are super inconsistent. And that's, you know, Daniel, you and I talked, uh, was it just last week talking about kind of the, what do you do with all of these underlying metrics when you have, mm-hmm. okay, hard hit rate. That's great. 
exit velocity. Cool. You know, whatever it is, whatever the number is you want to say is like, oh, actually, they're they're hitting the ball well, but it's not falling. Like, cool. But that doesn't generate if it's not generating results. What do you do with that? And that's the 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 kind of constant. The one constant is that no one really knows what to do with all the information available when it isn't generating results. I thought you were going into the Jim Edmonds uh, barrel rate or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, we talked about Jim Edmonds and the fact that, you know, he complained about barrel rate and then said, but he's hitting the ball really hard. So it's just a matter of time. And I was like, it's it's the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, there's that. Of course, we yeah, we talked about all the underlying metrics and what they meant and if that mattered. And then they went out the next night, put up 12. So um, (laughs) kind of felt a little silly, but, um, but yeah. And, and, you know, you talk about the idea of, you know, players today facing, you know, hall of famers and all that kind of stuff, but you know, how much trouble a generation are growing up. Those really good players even had with Nolan Ryan now everybody's yep. got at least two Nolan Ryans in their bullpen, <laughs> exactly. you know? I mean, yeah. you, if you don't have a guy that could hit, you know, 99 or 100 on a regular basis, you go out and find one. Because um, right. they kind of grow on trees these days, it feels mm-hmm. like. Um, but when they're throwing that hard, it's hard to hit. Unfortunately, with Cardinal bullpen, they can throw that hard. They just don't seem to know where it's going. <laughs> and that's, um, Minor detail. <laughs> yeah, and that's the problem. And I, I want to talk maybe, Tara... Is there such a thing as like cardinal closer syndrome because that they have to make it as dynamically exciting and scary as possible? Because, you know, this weekend, granted, on Friday, there was a miscommunication between Dylan Carlson and Justin Williams. They let a ball drop and the run scored. But then, you know, Hicks is walking batters and Reyes is walking batters and they get out of that with a skin of their teeth. Today, they go to the ninth up. What five one five two, and then all of a sudden the bases are loaded and with two outs, and they get out of that. But I, I remember Jason Nersinghausen. I don't necessarily want to go back to those days. You know, it's been that way, quite honestly, as long as I can remember the the kind of constant following of the Cardinals mm-hmm. that I've done, which admittedly is not nearly as long as many people who you know are in this what did you call it a few minutes ago the podcast sphere something like uh, that something yes like but that. i wouldn't i wouldn't repeat that if i were you honestly really <laughs> i don't know if i did honestly i don't, I don't <laughs> know if it's possible to repeat whatever it was you said before um a lot of people in this world have you know spent a lot more time in heavily invested in who's doing what for the cardinals than i have but um as far back as I can remember, this this has been the case where you know they have a closer and look, it's the it's the um, it's the Trevor Rosenthal thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where we remember Trevor Rosenthal as this absolute nightmare of he's probably going to get it done, but it's also going to take years off of our lives. But he also did. I, I, I he still holds the record for the most saves in a season, right? For yeah. the Cardinals, like. Yep. That's the kind of dynamic here where the person who has the most saves for the St. Louis Cardinals all time is also, in my mind, one of the most terrifying experiences (laughs) as a fan (laughs) watching him try to close out games because it seemed like even when he was good, it was still absolutely a tightrope 
between success and complete disaster. Um, but, you know, you mentioned Isringhausen, <laughs> Mitchell Boggs, uh, Jason Mott, Trevor Rosenthal. Like, the, the line of successors <laughs> to that closer job... Um, somehow they teach them all this, apparently, that, you know, to, to be a closer in St. Louis, you also have to be uh, Houdini. And, um, you know, you're also not going to do that very well sometimes. Um, you know, as far as recent, I don't know. I don't know what what that is. Although I will say, with both Jordan Hicks and Alex Reyes, you know, these are guys that have very minimal experience, um, that have incredible stuff, but haven't necessarily been brought into that closer role um, <laughs> slowly <laughs> or with, you know, kind of that mentality all along. So they're also both because of the way that they pitch, because of the velocity, because of the movement on their pitches, they're sort of known to be a bit erratic at times, which maybe isn't the best uh, uh, MO for a, a closer, but the, it's, you know, it's kind of that, what do you choose? The guy who throws the best pitches in your bullpen, but also sometimes doesn't know where they're going. Um, or the guy that is more likely to miss middle middle and give up a home run that doesn't ever come down. So, uh, yes, is it a Cardinals closer thing? Probably. I mean, it seems like it. Steve, I don't know if <laughs> the, there's a similarity to Cubs closers because right now uh, your closer's looking pretty good. Well, that's what I was talking to you about uh, the other day with uh, Kimbrell right now. Um, I don't know if the Cubs are going to be in it, you know, come, you know, June, July. I, I mean, I, you know, mm-hmm. um, but does does Kimbrell, the way that he's throwing right now, get dealt at some point if, if, if you're Jed Hoyer and – you're, you know, looking to, I mean, I honestly believe that they need to, to, to restart everything, but you know, if Kimbrell is still pitching well, you know, you got to get that guy somewhere. I mean, I'm not saying that the, the I don't know if the Cardinals would entertain that or anything or trying to start now a, 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 a new talking trend on Twitter or something <laughs> that the Cubs should, you know, deal him to the Cardinals or anything, but you know, that when you have such a premium closer and we went through that in 2016 because we had Hector Rondon closing and it was like what you just described, you know, it was, it wasn't pretty. You're, <laughs> you you had two or three runners on, you know, flirting with disaster. And then we had a, you know, basically kind of sell the farm to go and get Chapman, you know, it ended up paying off in the long run, but you know, we ended up, you know, even with, that almost backfired. Yeah. Right. And that, oh, well, yeah, don't get me started on Joe Madden, but <laughs> you know, you want, you want your closer obviously to be lights out. I mean, you know, Mariana Rivera's don't grow on trees, but you know, at the same time they're, they're out there, but how do you, you know, how do you, I, I guess since, you know, I've never seen the Cubs develop a closer. I've, I, I've never seen how a franchise can, you know, I've always watched other franchises do it. And I always say, well, why can't my franchise do that? <laughs> you know, but, you know, you you let off. A, a, that's what irks me is if you're up five to one and you've held the lead the whole game, a guy has pitched like Wainwright, eight, you know, going eight innings or something. And then your 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 closer role is shaky. I mean, how how is a team can you really feel confident about, you know, winning games yeah. when 
you can't even close the door or, or give, you know, that's the last thing you want is a, a game going into extras and then you lose. And yeah, you know, and you mentioned, you mentioned Mariano Rivera. It's funny. I, I almost brought that up uh, in terms of the comparison to Hicks or Reyes because everyone knew what Mariano Rivera was going to throw. Like there was no surprise. Yeah. There was no secret. Right. It wasn't flashy. It wasn't fancy. It wasn't, you know, some mix of three or four or five different pitches. It, it would, it was the same thing every time right. and nobody could hit it. Um, and, and there's something to that back to consistency, right? There's something to that consistency in that ninth inning where you know what you're going to get that, maybe is a better option <laughs> than what the Cardinals keep trying to do, which is take this guy that is, uh, you know, the fireballer or who has all this crazy movement or whatever it is, which is great. Look, I love watching Jordan Hicks pitch. I love, I, I've made it very clear that I'm, I'm very much in the Alex Reyes corner for whatever role allows him to be on a major league mound. Um, I would watch that kid pitch all day, but, there is something to that consistency that hasn't really been a thing in, in the Cardinals ninth inning spot um, because you've got these guys that are a little bit more erratic and that, that can be beneficial to them if there's enough control on that movement, or if you can be uh, effectively wild. Um, But if you're not effectively wild and you walk a couple of guys or hit somebody, well then, you know, you've sort of eliminated the, um, the, the advantage of having a guy like that pitching in the ninth inning. So I don't know that a Mariano Rivera type can be developed now with the way that the game is. I don't know if that exists. Maybe there is for someone else that I'm just not thinking of, but uh, there that had its advantages. That's for sure. Yeah. And, you know, we, we take that for sure, but yeah. <laughs> you know, and I guess, I mean, at the end of the day, except for the, the heart palpitations that it gives you, I mean, if they are able to put the win together, technically doesn't really matter how they do it, but counts the same. It, well, the yeah. problem, yeah, but the problem is that there are going to be now. You keep doing that long enough, they're going to be a night where they don't. Right. You know, when, when we saw that, we, I mean, Giovanni Gallegos has been one of the better ones, but we saw him, you know, basically give up that game that Wainwright pitched, um, and in part by walking people, and I don't. You're right. I don't know if it's the movement on the pitches is, is too much. I don't know if, you know, Gallegos probably just had a bad night, but it has a bad night at the wrong time. Uh, you know, who knows? But the bullpen, for all of its potential dominance, um, is still a little bit of a heartburn. And I guess that's just what bullpens do to some degree. So yeah. Yeah. anyway, this has been fun. I've enjoyed it. I think everybody else will. I hope you. I hope. I hope Steve has not been too scarred by coming on <laughs> and uh, and joining us um, for this one. Uh, Cardinals play the Phillies for four this week. Uh, let's see, Steve, what the Cubs are going to Atlanta next? Is that right? Yeah, we are. We uh, we got four in Atlanta, and then then three in, in Cincinnati, and then we play the Dodgers. So. Um, it could really get away from them and I'm not, I'm usually optimistic, but uh, realistically speaking, um, I don't know why we have problems with the reds and uh, Atlanta. We lost two out of three to Atlanta. Um, And then you got the Dodgers. I mean, they're, they've been the cream of the crop for the last couple of years. I mean, it could go South for them pretty quickly. Um, 
you know, especially if they have another outing like today where the offense was just non-existent. So it, it'll be interesting to see how they how they handle this uh, little road trip coming up. But um, it's crazy how it's... many games will have happened before the Cubs and the Cardinals play. It yeah. just seems like it's so long before, you know, well, it's not till the middle of the month that, yeah. that the Cubs and the Cardinals play. Well, yeah. And, you know, we were we were kind of, you know, trying to pick a little we're calling it mini moon uh, for the honeymoon. <laughs> and, you know, we were, we were looking at Chicago that, that weekend, uh, you know, of the fourth and the fifth. And I'm like, Oh, well the Cubs are in San Francisco and the, you know, the Cardinals are playing next week or the, at Wrigley. And I'm the like, next weekend. I'm we, like, we missed it by a weekend. We, we missed it by a weekend, <laughs> but I'm like, I, you know, I don't know. You know by, by that time, you know, we might be out, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know, but um, there's a lot of games between now and then a lot of games, but it, it is kind of weird not having a Cubs Cardinal uh, game all the way until, you know, not in May, not, not in April, first, first nothing, yeah. you know, wait until yeah. June. And that, that, that takes the steam out of it. If one of the teams isn't good, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I've always felt like a rivalry just kind of takes a pause when both teams are just, or one of the teams is just not good. And, you know, it's kind of like you, you'd hate to see the other team do well because you're like, oh, the Cardinals <laughs> are doing well. This is this is terrible. But in order for a rivalry to really kind of take off, you need both teams to to be good. Maybe a little bit of heat, maybe a little. I was just watching they, on Marquee, they, they've been doing all the best Cardinals-Cubs uh, games of, you know, the top 10 list. And I remember there was one where uh, – Baker and Lil Russo were going at it in mm -hmm. three and, you know, they're hitting each other and, and Baker and La Russa are shouting out expletives at each other. And, but that, that's, that's the rivalry. That's what you want to see. But, you know, you're not going to see that when one team is 60 and 72 and the other <laughs> is 90 and 40 or something, you know, I don't know. It's, Those yeah. always scared me. Those Cubs Cardinals weekends. Oh, it didn't matter how bad the Cubs were. Those series always terrify me. Yeah, I mean. Weird things happen. They do. That's true. Weird. And, and I mean, there is something to that idea of, oh, I don't want, you know, the, the pressure is almost on the team that's got 90 wins in that situation. Yeah. They yeah. don't want to lose to their rival that's being so bad. And, you know, that's about the time the rival takes two out of three and, uh -huh. you know, knocks them out of the playoffs or something of that nature. So. Well, when um, you guys did that to us in 2018, though, I think. Hopefully. That, that, that last weekend. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah. I remember I was so mad because uh, it was a, I think it was a Saturday, the Saturday game that we lost by like a run or two. And it forced us basically into having to put pressure on us to win the Sunday game and then have to play 163 against Milwaukee. Yeah. And that was... You know, and and you guys were out, out of it. <laughs> you know, and it happens. Yeah. I mean, and we would do the same. You know, if yep. the shoe was on the other foot. So, yeah, yeah it. Uh, you know, we had to had to enjoy it while we could. I guess so, <laughs> uh, you know, and that's they are. You're right. I mean, you just think about though the the um, like you said the top ten games. There's been so many interesting or you know. In, even if the game hasn't been, you know, decisive for us, us 
standings. But you know, I think back to the you know the Matt Carpenter game was against the Cubs. No, you know, no. the Ryan Sandberg game was against the Cardinals. You yeah. know, um, those are games that you know in the grand scheme of the season may not have made a difference, but they're still that fabric yeah. of that rivalry that. Um, there's always something you never know what's going to happen when those two teams get together. Cause it always seems to be heightened by the fact mm-hmm. that they hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's mind it. They, they just hate each other. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. All right. Well, we will be Tara and I, maybe Steve, who knows? We might just bring Steve in every week from now on. <laughs> uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it would just expand the, the scope of this show. Who knows? Well, we, but we um, play you guys in May. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's three three okay. games set first in, in Chicago. Oh, in first, so. okay, yeah, that's right. First, okay, so uh, which is fine because the Cardinals played all of their games in Chicago last year, so that's um, true. it's nice to you know finally get the Cubs to come back <laughs> to Bush Stadium. It's, I'd say it wasn't like the plague, but maybe it was last year, so <laughs> leave that alone. Uh, Tara and I will be with you next week. Uh, we look forward to that talking about. Well, who knows? I mean, the Cardinal, the, the NL Central is all jumbled right now, and we'll see if another week gives us any clarity. But until then, for Tara and Steve, I'm Daniel. Good night. Hey, Cardinals fans. Thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under Podcasts and click Subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in baseball heaven.